The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Hey, good morning, Faith Hill Church. Man, I'm so thrilled. I'm so excited. What an awesome season uh, we are in. Man, wasn't that a phenomenal time of worship? Uh, it's, it's such an awesome, awesome privilege with our Heavenly Father that we get this opportunity to just worship and just praise Him. Uh, and so, man, I, I look forward to Sundays. I look forward to days like this because we get to glorify our Heavenly Father. And uh, today, we're going to get into the Word. Today, uh, we're going to continue a series that we started about uh, four uh, or five weeks ago when we could still meet. We launched out a series called Maximizing the Grace of Prosperity. Prosperity is a grace. If you read in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, verse 9, it says, We know by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, Jesus Christ was rich, you know, in heaven. He was rich when he walked uh, in his earthly ministry. A lot of people that they were just a bunch of delirics, you know, just walking around, you know, with no shoes, doing nothing. But Jesus actually had means. I mean, if you can feed 5,000 people, you definitely have something going on, right? If you can take care of 12 grown men for three and a half years, uh, you definitely have something going on. And so Jesus, in his earthly ministry, uh, contrary to popular belief, he was uh, actually well supplied. He was uh, prosperous uh, by our Heavenly Father. God provided for him, and so he did not lack anything. And so 2 Corinthians 8, 9 tells us that uh, prosperity is a grace. You know, prosperity uh, is a grace of God, and we can take advantage of that uh, grace of prosperity. It says, for we know by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And so Jesus, while he was on the cross, uh, he redeemed us from uh, sickness. Uh, he became uh, sick. He literally took on sickness on his body uh, so that we could have divine health. And uh, another thing he did is that he took sin on his body, 2 Corinthians 5.21. He who knew no sin, Jesus, uh, became sin, where? At the cross, uh, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Similarly, while he was at the cross, Jesus literally bankrupted himself uh, so that we on the other hand, could be redeemed uh, from poverty. And so Jesus has redeemed us from death. Uh, He has redeemed us from sin. He has also redeemed us from poverty. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree, so that the blessing, the empowerment to prosper might come upon the Gentiles through faith. And so we, 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 we said all of that to establish this truth that prosperity is a grace uh, that's available for you. It's a part of the salvation package and you and I need to respond to that grace if we are going to take full advantage uh, of it. And so today we want to talk about, uh, in the same thought, we want to talk about what I like to call cultivating a mindset of abundance. 
cultivating a mindset of abundance. As we take, you know, uh, steps into this God kind of prosperity, uh, we need to realize that the limit uh, uh, when it comes to how much we can receive is not on God. The limit is on us. Uh, Our thinking uh, limits what we can partake of from God. God in and of himself is is not limited. God has no limits in and of himself. Uh, But we can limit what God uh, wants to do in our lives through our own uh, small thinking. And this is why we have to cultivate intentionally now. We have to cultivate a, a, a mindset of abundance. We have to start you know, uh, uh, thinking bigger than just ourselves. We have to start thinking uh, of an impact that will outlive us. We have to start thinking legacy. Uh, We have to move from struggle uh, to stability, to to success, to significance, all the way through to legacy. Uh, Legacy is this. What are people going to say about you a hundred years after you have died? Man, you, you need a strong legacy in God and for you to be able to do that, you have to think beyond just your immediate needs. You have to think uh, bigger than just yourself, me, myself, and I. You know, you have to think uh, uh, bigger than that if you're going to uh, uh, have a legacy. And so we read in Psalm 78 verse 41 uh, that the children of Israel tempted the Holy One of Israel and limited God. They limited uh, God because of uh, their expectation, because of their small thinking. And, and sometimes we limit God. Think about it. God is not limited. God in and of himself, he is not limited. God can speak all the languages in the earth and the ones that are extinct. You can speak all the languages of heaven, uh, but the reason God can't speak to you in Chinese is because you are limited. It's not because God can speak or understand Chinese. God can speak and understand Chinese fluently, but the reason he won't speak it uh, uh, to you is because you are limited. And so sometimes God, uh, 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 I mean, he has no lack. Heaven knows no lack. Heaven has an abundance flowing night and day. But sometimes uh, that abundance is not flowing into our lives because we don't understand the language of, of, of abundance. And so we need to cultivate a mindset of abundance. We need to cultivate a language of abundance. We need to move from a scarcity mindset to this mindset that we're talking about today uh, called an abundance mindset. You know, growing up, uh, some of you may know this, and if you do know this and you can relate, I want you to comment in the comment section. Because sometimes when I share these stories, people think it's fairy tale. They think it's fiction. They're like, pity, that can't be true. But this is the story. You know, growing up, I used to visit my uh, grandparents in the rural areas. And uh, when it was feeding time, when it was eating time, you know, it never occurred to them that they could uh, just serve us all in different plates, you know, uh, uh, each one get their own plate so they can eat at their own pace. It never occurred to them that they could do that. And so how they used to feed us is that they would put one big bowl of pop you know, and then they would put one big ball of stew, you know, and then they would sit all the boys around uh, those two plates and say, on your marks, get set, go. And whoever could eat the fastest, man, they would just 
go for it uh, because you knew that if you uh, uh, went at it, you know, at a comfortable pace, man, you the stuff is running out. The stuff is going to run out. And so, uh, uh, you know, all of that, all of that behavior and, and, and things of that nature, what it did is it created a scarcity mindset. It created a mindset that says stuff is running out. Well, let me tell you, child of God, stuff is not running out. God is our God is a God of abundance. He created this earth and released a spirit of abundance in it. It doesn't matter how fast you breathe, I'm still going to get mine. You know why? Because God has released abundance in the earth realm. But what comes to you is determined by your thinking. You have to start thinking at a much higher level. You have to start moving from a scarcity mindset so that you can start thinking at an abundance mindset. So there are a few things that we're going to talk about, you know, in the, in the, in, you know, in the, uh, on this journey in the next two, three, four weeks. There are a few things we're going to talk about that are going to help you unlock this this mindset that we're talking about, uh, a mindset of abundance. And one of those things is, uh, is generosity. You know, generosity is one of the big keys that unlocks this mindset of abundance. Uh, why? Because think about it. The number one reason why people don't give, I don't think that, the, you know, people don't give just because they don't want to give. I, I believe that God has put uh, 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 his nature in, in every single one of us who are his children. And, and because of that, because we are like God, because we have his nature, everybody. As, as, a, as generosity on the inside of them. And, and, but one of the reasons why people don't want to give, don't give, don't give, is because they believe they don't have. A lot of people come to me and they say, Pastor, you know, I can't give right now. Why? Because I don't have. One day when I do have, I'm going to give. Now, the I don't have mindset, unfortunately, is a dangerous place to be because the Bible tells us in Proverbs 23, verse 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so easy. And so when you walk around saying, I can't give because I don't have, then you are carrying the I don't have mindset. It's a dangerous mindset. It's a mindset that will keep you stuck. And so we need to break out of that mindset of I don't have. And how do you do that? You do that by being generous. See, generous people carry the I do have more than enough mindset. And so when you transition from the I don't have uh, mindset to the I do have more than enough uh, um, a mindset, you automatically do that by transitioning from being uh, from being a hoarder to being a, a generous person. Someone may be watching me uh, this morning and, and man, you, you've been stuck in that I don't have mindset. I know you have a good heart, but you've been stuck on that I don't have mindset. And because of that, you, you know, you feel like, man, I don't have anything to give. Well, let me tell you, God has given you something. You can give something. And, and, and the, the biggest sermon you can preach to yourself with regards to unlocking a mindset of abundance is to give. When you give, you're preaching to yourself. When you don't give, you're also preaching to yourself. When you don't give, you're preaching this sermon. I don't have. One day when I do have, I'm going to give. When you do give, you're preaching this sermon. I have enough. I have more than enough. And therefore, I'm going to be generous. And so these are two different mindsets uh, that are functioning in the body of Christ. We're not even talking about the world at this stage. We're talking in the body of Christ. These are two predominant mindsets uh, that are, the other one is keeping people stuck. The other one is setting people free. And so generosity 
if you're writing down notes, is the number one key. It is the biggest key that unlocks uh, an abundance mindset. If you want to uh, 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 have an abundance mindset, man, you're going to have to start uh, becoming generous. Uh, prosperity is a grace, uh, but because it's a grace, does not it does not mean it's automatic. Quickly, uh, let us go now to Second uh, Corinthians chapter number eight, verse nine. Second Corinthians chapter number eight, verse nine. It says, "For we know by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich." So, what we establish in reading that passage of scripture is that prosperity is a grace. We already say that prosperity is a grace and the grace of God is unlimited in nature. The grace of God is superfluous in nature. The grace of God is like a river uh, that is flowing, uh, 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 that is unending. You know, sometimes rivers can flow for miles upon miles and never stop. But this river of grace we're talking about, it is infinite. It, it, is, it never stops and it keeps uh, flowing. Uh, but because uh, there is a grace of prosperity, just like a grace for salvation, it does not mean that it's going to fall on you uh, automatically. It's not going to fall on you like, uh, you know, ripe mangoes falling off a tree. You have to appropriate in, in your life, just like you appropriated uh, salvation. The grace for salvation has appeared to all men, but it does not mean that all men have become born again. All men now have to respond to that grace. Romans chapter number 10, verse 9, if you believe in your, in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So there is a response that we have to bring uh, to, to this grace if we're going to appropriate it in our lives. And so prosperity is a grace and we have to respond just like you responded uh, when you got born again. God didn't force salvation on you, though it was available. Just like that, God won't force prosperity or healing or any of these things that are a grace on you, even though they are available. They are available 24-7, 365, but you have to appropriate them. You have to uh, 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 respond uh, to them. And how do you respond? Ephesians chapter number 2 verse 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. So you're not saved uh, by grace alone. You're saved by a combination of the two. You are saved by grace, which is on God's side of the ledger, through faith, which is your uh, positive response uh, to what God has already done. So he says, yeah, by grace are you saved through faith. It is the gift of God, uh, lest any man should uh, boast. If you read Romans chapter number 5, uh, verse 2, it also tells us that we have access into the grace of God uh, through faith. So what is our faith response to the grace of prosperity? Our faith response to the grace of prosperity is giving. Our faith response uh, to the pros uh, grace of prosperity is being generous. When you become generous, you literally take that grace and appropriate it on your life. We spoke earlier on about the river of God. There is a river of God uh, that is flowing with resources. It is flowing with so much prosperity. Uh, but how you get 
uh, a stream to flow into your house. Uh, so, so, so how you get uh, from that river of prosperity, a stream uh, uh, to flow into your life is through giving. When you start giving, uh, you, you don't create that river. You couldn't. <laughs> when you start giving, you don't move God. God is not stuck. But when you start giving, you literally just start creating uh, a stream uh, of, of finances that begin to flow uh, into your your life. So if you're writing down notes, I'd like you to write this down. Your faith responds to the grace of prosperity is giving. So how you respond, how you connect, how you activate, how you release a prosperity into your life, uh, it, it, is, it is through giving. Why? Because uh, God has set up the system that way. Givers will prosper. That's, I mean, you'll find uh, more than 2,000 scriptures that will uh, confirm what I'm talking about today. Uh, But one of them is in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 9. You can flip one page and just, you know, go back to uh, uh, chapter number, we were in chapter number 8. You can actually flip forward to chapter number 9. And uh, these two chapters are talking about prosperity in the materials realm. It's not talking about spiritual prosperity. We know that is true. Uh, God prospers us spiritually, but God also wants you to prosper uh, in the materials realm. You see, let me tell you, child of God, it doesn't glorify God when you have to ignore your phone because there's some people calling you because they want their money. You have to lie about, you know, when you're going to pay. It doesn't glorify God. And so God wants you uh, to have this abundance on you uh, so that you can, you know, uh, meet all your Jews and beyond that so that you can be a blessing uh, to the kingdom of God and to others. Amen. Man. And so it says here in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 9 from uh, verse 6 to 10, this is what it says. I'm reading in the uh, uh, New King James Bible. It says, but this I say, ye which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly, but he which soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Now, the Apostle Paul is not talking about farming, you know, even though he is using an analogy uh, that's related to farming, he's not trying to, you know, teach the church at Corinth how to, how to farm. There are, you know, two examples that, you know, we see in scriptures, two uh, uh, ways that sowing and reaping is, uh, is, is uh, likened to. The first one is found in Mark chapter chapter number four, where he says the sower sows uh, the word in our hearts. When I'm preaching right now, what I'm doing is I'm releasing a word that can be sown uh, in your heart. When you read the Bible, uh, you are receiving seed that you can sow uh, in your heart. And so that was the first uh, example that he, he likened to sowing and reaping. And the second one is found here, right here in Second Corinthians chapter number uh, uh, nine, verse six. He, he likens uh, giving to sowing. You know why? Because whatever you give does not live your life. A lot of people have a, a misconception about giving that when you give, you lose something. No, when you give, whatever you give does not lose your life, but it's going into your future. It is going into the ground so that it can bring forth a harvest uh, uh, in the future. So the Apostle Paul here, he says, uh, he that sows sparingly or he that gives uh, sparingly shall also receive a harvest, a sparing harvest. And he that sows bountifully shall also reap uh, bountifully. I like this because this puts the destiny right in my destiny. It puts my destiny right 
into my hands. I love it. it, it you know, my destiny when it comes to how much I reap is not based on what the government think about me. It is not based on what my neighbor thinks about me. It is not based on what, you know, uh, people around me think about me. It is based on my decision in terms of, you know, whether I'm going to uh, sow sparingly or I'm going to sow bountifully. Those that sow bountifully will have a bountiful harvest. Those that sow uh, sparingly will have a, 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 a sparing you know, harvest. They will have a small harvest. If you, if you, the, the, the destiny is in your hand. You can determine, uh, what your harvest, uh, will look like. And so, uh, another thing that's genius about this verse, verse six, this is genius, is that, you know, God is inviting us to start operating at a high level. I mean, think about it. We've said this before and I'm going to say it again. Uh, uh, mankind with all our ingenuity and our creativity and innovation, one of the things we haven't been able to do is to create seed. You know, with all our technology, we haven't been able to create seed. You know, uh, you can't go to a dealership and buy a car uh, that gets pregnant and, you know, produce other little cars. That would have been awesome, right? You can't go and, and buy I iPhones. Uh, seeds, put them in the ground and, you know, get some little iPhones popping out everywhere in your back garden. That's not going to happen. Why? Because mankind uh, cannot create seed. Seed belongs to uh, uh, heaven technology. Seed belongs to, I like to call it deity technology. Only God can create seed. Only God is the, the the, the power to create seed. And so when God invites you and I to turn our finances into seed, he's inviting us to start operating at a high level. He's inviting us. Oh boy, it's not something to be taken for granted. This is so powerful. It is as a man who was born in a, in a, in a, in a wealthy family. That, that's who you are. You may have been born in a not so, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, a wealthy family, but I'm telling you, when you get born again into the kingdom of God, they are principles that God begins to put in your hands that can literally get you to start operating at a high level so you can start producing what I like to call the high life. And this is one of them. When God says you can turn your finances into seed, that's a powerful, powerful, powerful principle. And so, uh, uh, you know, this has to be done with, with some thought in it. He says, small seed, small harvest, big seed, Big harvest. And, and what determines whether my seed is small or big is not the amount. What determines whether my seed is small or big is, is, is the percentage. You know, uh, uh, the story is told in the New, in the New Testament, in the Gospels. Uh, Jesus shares a story of how these uh, wealthy people were bringing large amounts of money into the treasury, the offering, you know, basket, and they were giving large amounts of money. And then Jesus pointed to the widow who gave two mites. Remember the story? He said, and Jesus I say she outgave everybody. Why? Because she gave everything that she had. She gave 100%. So it's not about uh, the amount of money that you give. It's about the percentage uh, that you give. Man, when you give a, a big percentage uh, to the kingdom of God, that's considered uh, sowing bountifully. And when you do that, you're going to reap. You see, a lot of people don't understand these principles. It's new to them. Uh, some of them just kind of approach them. You know, I did that, you know, in the past. I would approach offering time nonchalantly with, a, with a, just a nonchalant attitude, just, you know, casual attitude, if you will. 
you know, out going to that church and just sitting there and just, you know, wait for the offering basket. And when it would come, uh, uh, bearing in mind, I was at the club, you know, the, the night before, right? <laughs> when the offering basket would come, I would just take anything that I could find in my jeans, uh, in my pockets, any change from the club, from a, a, a night of partying, party, you know, I'd take some of that you know, change together with the receipts or whatever and just throw it in there in the offering. It was just a nonchalant approach. I, man, I feel bad for the money counters at that church. You know, they're counting money and they're picking up my receipts. Kavassier. <laughs> oh, Hennessy, oh, whatever we used to drink way back then, 20 years ago, right? And, 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 and I feel bad for them because I approached it with such a casual attitude and because of that, it was a small seed, and it didn't reap much for me. You know, it got me stuck in poverty a few more years with that kind of attitude. But once I started learning this, man, I started putting a careful thought. This is why the Bible says in verse 7 of Second Corinthians chapter number 9, it says, every man according as he purposes in his heart. See, once you get the revelation of uh, sowing sparingly, it's going to produce a sparing harvest. A lot of people sometimes just give just to soothe their conscience, just to make themselves feel be better about themselves. You know, I'm, 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 I'm going to buy that guy a, a, a little meal, McDonald's, and I'm going to drive home feeling like, you know, I, I did something today. Ooh, yeah. It's just to soothe their own conscience. It's really uh, not to put seed in the ground. The attitude has to change. It says, every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly of necessity. Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. God, if you read in the Amplified Bible, it says God uh, uh, gets excited, is unwilling to do without a happy and hilarious giver. So God is not willing to do without uh, this person called a cheerful giver. And it is really uh, a blessing uh, to give. Jesus told us in Acts 20, I believe verse 35, he said it is more blessed to give uh, than it is to receive. Uh, and so I I believe that once we get these truths and these revelations, it's going to create a different mindset uh, in us when it comes to giving. It's going to create a mindset of, man, I'm putting seed in the ground. I'm putting some seed in the ground. And, and, and because of that, I'm not going to complain about it. Because of that, I'm not going to, you know, have a stinking attitude about it. Think about it. You know, my, my parents, my parents are, uh, are farmers, you know, uh, subsistence farmers, I think they're called, you know, farming on a small scale. Uh, they're running their uh, small farming operation. And, uh, you know, uh, Chip and I support them. We support that farming operation. We tried to do uh, uh, proper accounting for them the other year. And I found out that, you know, it was a loss-making project. But I really wanted it to, wanted to keep it alive because it keeps them, you know, with a vision in front of them. And because of that, I believe it's going to make them stay strong physically. It's going to make their, you know, mind stay sharp and it's going to get them to live long. You know, they say if you retire, you expire. Okay, I don't want them to completely retire and just sit sit around and do nothing. I'd rather finance their loss-making project, you know, uh, than, you know, get them to expire. But, but, but yes, the truth that I wanted to share with you is this, is that when they put seed in the ground, I've never, I've never seen them complain when it's seed time. 
In fact, they look so forward to seed time and, and for, for us, for them, uh, maize, they, you know, grow maize and they grow cotton. And for them, you know, planting season is around October, uh, November. And uh, 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 whenever it's planting season, man, they're ready. They've already started plowing the ground right now uh, so that they can, you know, put the seed in the ground in October. They, they are purpose, purposeful in their hearts concerning putting the seed in the ground. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. And I'm telling you, man, their attitude is, I've got to put this seed in the ground. I'm telling when it's uh, uh, putting seed in the ground season, if it just drizzles, I'm not, I'm not even talking about rain, full-on rain. If it just drizzles, I'm telling you the next day, they're out there putting seed in the ground. Why? Because that's the attitude of a farmer when you want to receive a harvest. If you read in Proverbs uh, chapter number 10, uh, I'm going to read from verse 24 to 25, Proverbs chapter number 10, 24 to 25. It says, there is he that scatters, you know, think, and again, this is a word picture. Scatters, there is he that scatters. It's a word picture of a farmer that goes into his field with a bag of seed and they dip and uh, pull out a, a, a a generous, you know, portion uh, of that seed, and then they just literally scatter it across the field. That's the word picture. There is he that gives freely. You know, they give to everything. He says, there is he that scatters, yet increases. And there is he that withholds more than his meat, and it leads uh, to poverty. We're going to revisit this verse again because it connects uh, with uh, uh, some more verses that we're going to read as we uh, uh, get close. Closer to, to the end of, you know, Second uh, Corinthians chapter number 9 from 6 to 10. Uh, but before we do that, let's go back to verse 8. It says, every man, verse 7, every man purposes in his heart, let him give, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So the Apostle Paul, right there, he tells us the context. The context is giving. The context is not farming. He's not talking about farming 101. He's talking about giving. Let him give. Let him sow his seed, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loves a what? A cheerful giver. And he says in verse 8, and... You see, when you have caught the revelation of sowing and reaping, when you have put a bountiful harvest in the ground, when you uh, purpose in your heart and you do it uh, with intentionality, he says, and God is, may, is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. Man, this is one of my absolute favorite scriptures. I, li I like to call this one the definition, the Bible definition of prosperity, abounding unto every good work, abounding unto every good work. And, 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 and that's the destination of prosperity. It is to abound in every good work. It says God is able to make all grace. The context again is the grace of prosperity. He's able to make all a, 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 a grace of prosperity abound toward you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. Let me read it in the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation, uh, it says that, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left 
over to share with others. I like how this verse starts. It says, and God will generously, God, God is the one that provides for us, right? Uh, it's not your job. It's not your business. God is our source. Amen. And, and so that means if I lose my business, if I lose my job, man, I'm not going to try and uh, 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 lose sleep over that as long as I still have God. Because if I do still have God, I still am connected to the source of all provision. If I still do have God, uh, then I, I still have the golden goose, right? That, that lays the golden egg. The goose that lays the golden egg. I still have, you know, the goose. So if I lose eggs, I'm not going to lose sleep about it. It says, and, and, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So when God brings this abundance, it is not time for you to upgrade your taste buds. It is time for you to upgrade and increase your giving account. You're always looking at uh, increasing uh, your giving account. And when you do that, man, I'm telling you, God provides. God is the one that brings the provision that we need. In our lives. I remember uh, a few years ago, 2018, uh, Chipo and I were in uh, Colorado Springs. We were at a minister's conference. It was a small minister's conference. I think there were about 15 couples there, about 30 people, you know, uh, together there. And uh, the Lord spoke to us about giving, you know, to the people who had ministered uh, to us the pastors. And uh, so Chip and I ended up giving everything that we had in terms of cash. We didn't have a lot of cash. So we ended up, you know, giving away to the pastors we had ministered to us. Greg Fritz, I believe, and Greg Moore were there ministering to us. We ended up sowing seeds uh, uh, to them. And, uh, you know, we were thinking, man, we, we've given everything we have because usually when we travel overseas, we don't want to use uh, cards, our bank cards from back home because uh, it's, I mean, the math, it just doesn't make sense. You know, you buy a burger for $20, but, you know, you get an SMS from uh, FNB saying, man, 300 rand has been taken from you. I mean, it's just a mess. You you know, so we try to avoid using our, our bank card. So we try to use cash. And so we had given away all the cash that we had. And now we were steering towards what we don't want to do. But we were standing on this verse that God will provide, uh, generously provide, uh, uh, everything that we need. We were standing on this verse, so we uh, sowed uh, our seed in the ground. Standing on this verse, God will generously provide everything that we need. And truth be told, uh, a true story, uh, before we left that conference, there's a couple from Canada that came to us, uh, Moses and Jan, came to us and they said, hey, uh, the Lord spoke to us. Uh, he said we should give you this money. And so they gave us uh, uh, probably three, four hundred dollars, you know. And uh, man, we were back in the game, right? Now we can uh, uh, spend those two, three days in, in Colorado Springs using our, uh, using cash instead of buying food, whatever we wanted to do instead of using our cards. And so then uh, uh, we spent the next three days in Colorado and then we flew out to Los Angeles and we got picked up uh, by our directors there for Grace in the Marketplace, Karim and Mignonette and they gave us a card when they dropped us off at the hotel and you know when we got to our hotel room and we opened the card there was 
2,000 US dollars in there. And so because of that little seed we had sown, I think it may have been $400, uh, God started to bring a generous harvest to us uh, just to, man, I remember I opened that card and I started to count the money that they had blessed us with. Man, I just started crying. And you may ask, why were you crying? It's time for you to celebrate. Man, I was crying because I looked at myself. I said, Lord, I'm so sorry for doubting you sometimes, for doubting your ability to be the God who will generously provide all you need. And so that spiritual reminder just really ministered to me. And I was sitting there thinking, Lord, you are so good. You are so awesome. You are the provider. You are Jehovah Jireh. And uh, before we knew it, you know, uh, 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 we were on day two now in Los Angeles. Before we knew it, I think Billy Epperhart sent me another $2,500. His EA, his executive assistant, called me and said, hey, Tafara, we're trying to figure out how to get money to you. I told her how they could do that. And they sent another $2,500. And uh, I went to preach for a friend in Los Angeles. Angeles and they gave me a check of another $500. Man, before you know it, you're, you're swimming in abundance, but what, what connected, what kick-started, what activated that grace to start to flow was that seed that we sowed uh, in Colorado Springs when it was the last bit of money that we have. Now, let me tell you, if the money that you have is not enough, just sometimes it may be because it's seed. It's not to be spent. It is to be put in the ground so you can activate the harvest that God has for you. And I'm not sharing these stories uh, to try and impress you. I'm sharing these stories to impress upon you that God is the one that provides for us. Amen. And the reason we share these testimonies it is so that you can, you know, when, when sometimes we're sharing about the widow in Zarephath, people can pass it off as, oh, yeah, it's just some ancient story that happened, you know, uh, way back in the Bible times. Uh, uh, and, you know, people just pass it off as, as that. But when, when you see someone sitting right in front of you in your living room through the, 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 the television screen, someone that you know, someone who's the same uh, color as you, the same uh, uh, background as you, the same uh, income bracket as you, when you see someone in front of you who is in living color, someone that you can relate with and relate to in 2021, man, it changes the game. God is still in the business of doing uh, amazing things, financial miracles. God is still in the business of bringing abundance for his children. Man, I'm telling you, this is the way that we live our lives. And man, God is will always show up. God will always provide uh, for you. And so he says in verse 9, 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse 9, he says, as it is written, man, I'm running out of time, but I just got to get these two in, right? He says, as it is written, he has dispersed abroad, God, he has given to the poor, capital letter H, that means you, he has given to the poor, his righteousness remains uh, forever. Let me read that uh, same verse. Uh, let's see here. Uh, it says now, verse 10, verse 10, it says, Now God ministers seed to the sower, and both minister bread for your food, and he multiplies your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Now that's a powerful verse, because it's talking about God gives seed 
to sowers. God gives to givers. God gives an abundance to givers. And, and this giving that we're talking about, you know, I might beg, I might have to say this, this giving that we're talking about is not, is not uh, uh, that uh, uh, Russian roulette, uh, a lotto, uh, um, type giving that you see sometimes on Christian television. Oh, the ground is ready. The ground is ready right now. We have a sense a thousand rand right now can connect. No, I'm talking about the grace of provision is available 24-7, 365. The ground is ever ready. And, 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 and we're not talking about in the spare of the moment, you s- slot your uh, uh, giving coins in this machine, this God machine, and then you yank it and all these m- uh, coins, gold coins come out and, and, and now you have an about. No, we, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a lifestyle. We're talking about a way of life. We're talking about this has got to be who you are uh, in and out of church. You know, you just have to be a generous person anyway. It's, it's a part of your nature. It's a part of your born again uh, 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 nature. Your new creation nature uh, has, has generosity in it. Amen. And so he says here in verse 10, now God, he ministers seed to the soil. God gives to givers. God gives seed to those who want to be givers. God is looking for distribution centers. If you purpose in your heart that I'm going to be a giver, God will give you seed. Amen. That's a powerful truth. He ministers seed to the sower and he also ministers bread for your food. But watch what comes right after that. He multiplies your seed that is sown. He can't multiply seed uh, that is on the table, coffee table that you haven't put uh, in the ground. God can't multiply it. Just like in the natural, it's not going to make any sense for you to have apple seeds on your table and expect some apples. You have to take those apple seeds, put them in the ground uh, for you to expect uh, some apples. It's similarly, when God gives you seed, uh, 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 when God gives you a harvest, a portion of it is seed. And you need to take that seed and, and put it in the ground and expect a harvest, just like a farmer. This works like a charm. Every time I get a harvest, man, I take a portion of it and I put it in the ground as seed and I expect to see uh, a harvest uh, uh, come in the future. The one time uh, we were in uh, Colorado Springs, I was there for a minister's conference. I was there for a a man's conference. The first time I I shared, you know, we were at the minister's conference. This time around I went alone. It was for a man's conference and God put a certain figure in my heart uh, to give. And I said, yes, Lord, I'll give it if you give it to me. And then so I was staying with this couple who are partners in the ministry and also personal friends of Chipo and I. And so they picked me up from the airport. We went home and man, they had cooked a meal. I mean, it was a big meal. We were having just a celebration, you know, uh, before we took off to go to, we were in Denver, actually, before we drove to uh, Colorado Springs. They live in Denver. And so we were in Denver, and uh, uh, after the meal, they said, man, let's get into Bible study. So we got into a Bible study, and I was sharing with them. We got to pray together. And after, you know, Bible study, they said, man, we'll see you tomorrow. And I walked into my room where I was staying at their house, and inside that room, there was an envelope. 
and I opened the envelope and he said, oh, thank you, Pastor T, for staying with us, blessings, and uh, uh, the Lord had given me, through them, obviously, a uh, thousand U.S. dollars. Uh, Roy and Shiloh, they'd given us, uh, me, a thousand U.S. dollars, and from that a thousand U.S. dollars, the figure that the Lord wanted me to give at the men's conference was $300. And when I said, yes, Lord, if you give it to me, I'll give it, then the Lord gave me that figure and he gave me extra. He's always going to give you enough and extra. He's always going to give you seed and harvest. It is your job to make sure that you take the seed and turn it into seed. Don't try to eat the seed. If you eat the seed, you sabotage your future. Amen. Don't eat the seed. Put the seed in the ground. And, and, and sometimes all you have to do is to have that uh, desire in your heart to give a certain amount. Just say, man, Lord, I'm believing you to give this amount this year. If you give it to me, I'll give it this year. Turn yourself into a sower in your heart. And when you do, God will minister seed to the sower. Let me read this uh, in the New Living Translation. It says, verse 10, verse 10 of 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. It says, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer, then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources, then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Man, that's good. There are two kinds of people that we see in this verse, sowers and eaters. Sowers, they also get to eat. But eaters, whatever they eat, you know what happens to what you eat. That's it. But sowers get to participate in both. Sowing, reaping, a harvest, and also eating. Man, I'm challenging you this morning to start thinking about becoming a sower at a heart level. Not only would you be able to receive seed to put in the ground, but I'm telling you as you put that seed in the ground, as you start to tap into this lifestyle of generosity, it's going to activate a mindset of abundance and God is going to bring more resources to you. Man, I trust that you were blessed with this teaching. I'm already out of time. Uh, we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for your giving. If you're planning to give, to tithe today, uh, you can do so by visiting faithhillchurch.co.za. There are several ways uh, you can give into the ministry. For those of you who are watching internationally, uh, we have made available several ways you can give as well. You can visit faithhill.tv. You can give via PayPal. Uh, you can use your credit or check card and give via PayFast several opportunities to make it easy uh, for everybody to participate uh, in this grace of prosperity. Thank you so much for tuning in and for joining our broadcast. We're going to pray for every seed sown and we're going to wrap it up. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for everyone that's giving uh, this morning. Lord, we just pray a uh, hundredfold harvest uh, back into their lives. Lord, we just thank you uh, that you're positioning them for a mindset of abundance. Lord, we just thank you that they will not lack any good thing, but Father, that you will provide for everything that they need so that they may have plenty left over to be a blessing. Lord, I thank you that you have called them to be distribution centers. You have called them to uh, 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 be those that are positioned to be ble a blessing to the nations. Lord, we thank you and we pray that you may give every seed sown, every tither of faith your church. Lord, we pray that you may give them favor in the marketplace. You may give them favor with everything that they do with their hands. Lord, we call it blessed 
In the name of Jesus, we pray and everyone say amen. Listen, if you agree with that prayer, I want you to type in the comment section, amen. Put some exclamation marks and so on and so forth. We love you so much. God bless you. We can't wait to be back at church and see you physically. But man, I'm telling you, I've been enjoying uh, just getting on here and sharing the word of God uh, with you. And uh, we trust that you are blessed with this teaching. God bless you. See you soon. Bye-bye. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. That's who